Hey friend, welcome to But What If You Did. I'm your host, Allison. I'm a life coach, podcaster, and most importantly, a cat mom. On this podcast, we talk about the messy middle in life transition. As a generation, there is so much millennials were conditioned to not talk about, and the messy middle was definitely one of those things. So I'm breaking down the walls, doing things a little bit non-traditional, and having raw, vulnerable conversations with some of my closest friends. I interview personal development experts and wellness advocates to show you what's possible and help you build your toolkit so that you too can live a meaningful life on your terms. Ready to dive into today's conversation? I promise it's going to be epic. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of What If You Did? I'm Allison and I think I've tried to record this now like six times, but it's a day and sometimes being a podcaster isn't as easy as it sounds. So anyways, today I'm really excited to uh, dive into this topic with you. This is a topic that has been coming up a lot for me recently. And sometimes I feel like when you're like really going through something and this life lesson is really becoming very um, real and relevant to you, you uh, you start to see it a lot, not only in your own life, but <laughs> reflected in the lives of others around you and people in your inner circle and people that you interact with on a day-to-day basis. Um, and this one has just been coming up for me a lot. And that is around this idea of why we struggle to embrace our own accomplishments and how we can overcome this urge to minimize ourselves for the sake of others. So we're going to get into that in just a moment. But first, I want to take a moment to shout out Gut Personal, as they have been a huge supporter of our show for a very long time now. If you are not familiar with Bridget Molly, who is the founder of Gut Personal, um, I interviewed her in season one. We talked all about how our energy is our biggest asset. And then we talked to Jillian Smith, who is her lead dietitian. Um, right at the end of season one. So uh, those are two of my still to this date most listened to episodes. So I know they super resonated with you guys. And I am so excited to be able to now support their business. I stand behind their message and their mission to help more people feel better. And their products are just unmatched. They are third-party tested. I have felt great ever since switching to their products. Um, and I just really can't say enough about them. Some of my favorites include the Defender, which is seriously their best kept secret. It's the thing that keeps my immune system in check better than anything else. Um, you know, I love the Miracle Worker and the Sunshine Plus. Like I take those every single day. They have been such a substantial part of my routine for so long now. Um, and of course, you know, when I share about Gut Personal, yes, I am an affiliate for them. I do get a small kickback from uh, sharing about their products, but I wouldn't do that if it wasn't products that I fully believed in. Also, being an affiliate for different people, you know, if you're somebody that listens to podcasts often and you hear about affiliate links often um, within the shows, these affiliate commissions can allow us to continue to produce our podcast for um, for all of you without having a cost associated with listening to our feeds, right? And so taking time to podcast is not only um, a labor of love and time um, and energy, but it also does come with a number of back-end costs to make sure that I'm producing a good show for all of you. So um, affiliate links like the one that I share about gut personal often um, help to support that. So I'm going to dive into today's 
conversation, but I wanted to take a moment to share that with all of you guys first. So today we're going to be diving into, like I said, this idea of learning to really embrace our own accomplishments and how we can overcome this urge to minimize ourselves for the sake of others. Maybe you can relate to this. Do you ever consciously catch yourself minimizing your own accomplishments to avoid making others feel maybe excluded or insecure? I know that that's something that I have caught myself doing time and time again, and that's not talking about my accomplishments or not being confident to talk about my accomplishments because I don't want others to feel bad that they didn't have the same accomplishment. And this is like such a deep-seated societal belief that many of us have had to work through over the course of time. So what does this sound like? This might sound like responding to someone that compliments us on something by saying, oh, thanks, but it was really nothing. It was really just part of my job. So instead of accepting the compliment, we are, we're kind of skirting around it and saying like, no, this was normal. I don't deserve accolades for it. When maybe you do, or maybe you immediately change the topic or try to redirect a conversation after receiving a compliment instead of just saying thank you. Maybe you observe that you're um, someone that is more keen to join with a friend in a complaining cycle about something that went wrong. Um, and, and share maybe a story or two about how that always went wrong for you too, instead of saying like, hey, this is proof of what's possible for you too. But I think a lot of times if we could just pause for a second and make the conscious decision that we wanted to shift that narrative and it really, instead of downplaying what we've accomplished, share it as proof of what's possible for someone else our conversations would be so much more expansive and they would go so much further and our relationships would flourish. And there's just so many cool things that come on the side of learning to be confident and speaking about your accomplishments and doing it in a really tactful way. So learning to cheer for ourselves is just another part of this, another piece of stepping into, you know, who we most authentically are. And so that's what I want to dive into today. Maybe you've never really considered how this self-deprecating behavior may actually be harmful to your self-esteem and overall well-being. To call it what it is, it's truly just a form of self-sabotage. So I want you to think for a second about a time where something turned out better than you expected it to. Maybe you got an unexpected raise, or maybe you got recognized at a company meeting for successfully leading a project. Maybe you finished a certification that you've been working on for months and it opened up a new job opportunity. Now, I want you to take 30 seconds and just like pause this episode, go back in time um, and really think about like, how did that feel in your body? Did you feel excited, joyful, expansive? Maybe you were glowing. Maybe, you know, you felt goosebumps. Like what did that feel like to you? And what did you do next? Did you run to tell someone who supports you? Did you just move on? Did you even take a second to be proud of yourself or congratulate yourself to, to sit in that joy? If you just moved on, I promise you're not the only one listening that just thought, oh man, I didn't even think about what I just accomplished. Most of us subconsciously just glaze over the accomplishment, the accolade, the positive words, whatever it was for you in that moment. And we in a way, pretended it didn't happen because that's what society taught us to do. In order to be humble, we must not brag about our accomplishments, right? And so in today's conversation, we are going to explore some ways to overcome this behavior and find ways to celebrate our accomplishments without feeling guilty or selfish for doing so. 
So before we get into the tangible stuff, we first have to understand where this urge to minimize ourselves comes from. And that answer is simple. Society and cultural pressures have taught us that to be liked and accepted, we must be humble. And to be humble, we should just avoid bragging. And we should avoid talking about ourselves in a confident manner because then everyone would not feel great about themselves and they would not hurt anyone else's feelings along the way. Um, So maybe you can remember a time as a child where you were really excited about something and your parents or caregivers, or maybe it was even a teacher or a loved one um, that tried to teach you a lesson in humility. Maybe they tried to teach you why it was bad to brag about something. And maybe you walked away from that conversation feeling a little embarrassed, or maybe it stirred up some shame for having done something wrong for, quote unquote, bragging about what you did successfully. These pressures over time lead us to believe that in order to be accepted by society, we must be willing and we have to minimize ourselves and our accomplishments. So let's pause for a second and go back to that same scenario again, that conversation with your parents, maybe it was your caregiver, maybe it was a teacher, and think about how many years ago that happened. For many of us, this might have been a decade ago, maybe two, three decades ago, and we just have to find a way to accept now that our inner child took many of these life lessons by our caregivers with the best of intentions, and we've held on to them as deeply accepted truth. So in order to now try to undo this belief that we've had for years and years and decades and years, and you know, you get the point, um, we have so much conditioning there that we must pull back the layers on to help our inner child see and believe that this is a safe space to speak confidently about our accomplishments. And unfortunately, this Not feeling safe to speak about our accomplishments follows us into our adult lives, and it does have harmful effects. So I often reference on this podcast this idea of our inner soundtracks, and this is a concept from John Acuff's book, Soundtracks, which if you haven't read, I really do recommend. Um, There are very few books where... Uh, you know, I'm a personal development junkie. I read these books all the time. And there are very few that I feel like so many of the concepts just really resonated with me. But this was one of them that I would recommend to pretty much most people. Um, So basically, a soundtrack is a belief that we say over and over to ourselves. And sometimes, you know, when we're working through a broken narrative, I like to think of it as a, a, a cue that it's time to rewrite a broken soundtrack. So in researching this topic, I received quite a bit of commentary around how we as a generation have felt um, and experienced a lot of deep-seated fear around being perceived as arrogant or unlikable when speaking about our own accomplishments. And that idea of that we possibly could be perceived as arrogant or unlikable holds a lot of us back. It really prevents a lot of us from speaking our truth and stepping into that most aligned version of ourselves. So maybe you're one of my fellow millennials out there um, listening, and how many of you feel like you have no idea what to put on your resume when you find yourself in a position where it's time to apply for a new job? You know the vibe, like, I've accomplished nothing. What would I even write? No one cares what I've done here. And like, those are broken soundtracks that we have deeply embedded inside of us and in our subconscious for years and years and years. This is just another broken soundtrack. The I'm not worthy of my accomplishments soundtrack. Or maybe you can relate more to the one of when I share my accomplishments, others will find me unlikable soundtrack. Regardless of what soundtrack you personally subscribe to, 
just know that these soundtracks are deeply embedded in our self-conscious. And so to, you know, undo them, we have to better understand where this desire to minimize ourselves and our accomplishments comes from. So now I want to dive into a little bit on what the harmful effects of doing that are. So this desire to minimize can really take a toll on our self-esteem and confidence. So let's take another 30-second pause to reflect. You can cause this conversation now or you can come back to this later on how often you find yourself saying things like, I wish I had your confidence or how do you come off so confident? I hear this a lot right now, right? And my answer to that is I'm not for everyone and that's okay. That comes from one of my favorite podcasters, Kate Get Mary, who is the host of the Empower Her podcast. Um, she's, you know, this was a line that she said many years ago that has really stuck with me. I'm not for everyone and that's okay. And the day that I made a conscious decision that I wasn't going to be able to please everyone was the day that things kind of started to shift for me. If I talk about my promotion, inherently, someone else will be upset that I talked about it. If I talk about my success with a project, inherently, someone else will be unhappy that I bragged about my success with the project. If I talk about how great it felt to productively work through a conflict with a friend or a spouse or a significant other, like someone will inherently think, well, good for you. We can't all be perfect, can we? We can't all have those kind of productive conversations. But here's the thing. We can only control ourselves. Other people's feelings are just that, other people's feelings. So while we are never intentionally trying to be hurtful, sometimes our successes will feel like hurt to others. But that hurt comes with an open door to healing, right? So maybe you've never considered this, but have you ever considered how the behavior of minimizing can actually lead to missed opportunities and untapped or unfulfilled potential? This also impacts our relationships and can contribute to truly imbalanced dynamics. So let's stick with this um, example of getting accolades for a project that you led. Say you have this one-on-one -on -one conversation with your boss's boss and they're like, hey, I heard you were a rock star with X project. I would love to hear more about it. And your instinct is to say, oh, really, it was nothing. It's just part of the job. You've now told your boss's boss that you did nothing special and you deserve no recognition. But what if instead you said, oh, gosh, thanks for asking. This project honestly was so much fun. It really stretched me outside of my comfort zone. I loved watching X person rise up to be a leader amongst their peers. And it's just been so cool to hear the feedback rolling in from other teams about how X change affected their bottom line as well. I'm so excited to see what I can take from what I learned on this project and use that wisdom to really transform other areas of our business as well. Well, now you've highlighted your potential and the next time there's an upcoming opportunity, your name is going to be top of mind. But we self-sabotage by minimizing and by not sharing that and by not being excited about what we accomplished. And in doing so, we miss opportunities that are right in front of us. What's always been really interesting to me about this is that so much of this narrative comes from conversations with these trusted authority figures. Like these people were doing their best to try to teach us how to survive in the world. They shared their wisdom based on their own life experiences. So this, like what, like I said, this could be a parent, a caregiver, a teacher, you know, an aunt or uncle, somebody that really took care of you growing up. But here's the thing about this that we really don't talk about enough and we don't acknowledge enough. 
our lived experiences are different from theirs. And therefore, the way a lesson applies and shows up in our world will also inherently be different, right? Our lived experiences are different from theirs. And therefore, the way a lesson applies and shows up in our worlds will also inherently need to be different. Now, that's not to say that there's no value in passing down that shared knowledge. We do actually need our elders to keep sharing knowledge, but we can develop filters through which we ingest this wisdom in a way that makes it more tangible and tactile and applicable to the world that we are currently living in. So now that we know where this urge to minimize comes from and how it can be harmful to us, let's dive into some tangible tools we can use to overcome that urge and desire to minimize others. First, it is so important to acknowledge and celebrate our accomplishments. This is something I go through with all of my one-on-one clients, and it's something that I really struggled with when I started working with a life coach. I still remember my first life coach asking me how I was going to celebrate reaching a goal that I had been working toward for literal months. I felt like a deer in headlights. My face flushed. My skin got clammy. I felt this like wave of shame come over me. I tried to minimize myself. I had no idea how to celebrate myself because it felt like such a silly thing to celebrate myself for. And I remember responding and being like, um, I think I'll go out and get coffee for myself. And, you know, I... Personally, like I love a good coffee from a specialty shop, except that wasn't actually special and it was something that I did regularly. And she pointed that out. Like she was like, no, like if you're going to celebrate yourself, like you should do something that you don't normally do. And there was nothing about going to get coffee that felt celebratory to me. I remember my next instinct was to impulse buy something tangible because I was like, oh, well, if I have a tangible good, then like I've obviously proved that I've treated myself, right? But there was also this like societal expectation around that and it wasn't actually a celebration. So if you're sitting here and you're thinking, I have no idea how to celebrate myself, know that you aren't alone and that's normal and honestly, truthfully, just a part of the process. So my next challenge to you is to find maybe 15 to 20 minutes this week to make a list of ways that you feel most celebrated. Maybe it's a night out at the theater seeing a good show, or maybe it's dinner at an upscale restaurant. Maybe it's a weekend trip, and maybe it's none of those things, right? Write that list out. Um, But do me a favor and choose to leave your good friend Judgment, who is going to tell you all the reasons why those are stupid, (laughs) at the door. The next time you go to achieve a goal and you find yourself achieving a goal, go back to this list and pick one of those things. Embrace the celebration. Let it bring you joy. Let it mean something. Fun fact, this will also help boost your confidence and show you that it's possible to do this again. Another tool that I've personally found beneficial is to spend some time really just exploring ways to reframe thoughts in language and avoid minimizing myself. If I observe a soundtrack around like my accomplishments don't matter, I might go make a list of like 10 people that they would matter to and then go tell two or three of them. Next time this soundtrack comes up, Maybe I didn't control my first thought, but I did my second thought. And maybe that second thought was that like I kicked ass and I'm, you know, ready to celebrate with X person. Reframing and shifting language can take months of conscious effort. Quick tangent here. Like I was listening to a podcast the other day where this came up and they were talking about how um, change and, uh, you know, anything along the lines of like reshaping soundtracks, change, change navigating transitions, how it like takes conscious effort. 
And I think sometimes when we hear podcasts and we hear all these tools, we're like, all right, I've got it. I- I'm going to go try that. Um, and, and then we don't. We we don't do anything again, right? <laughs> we just sit there and what we like expect it to just like snap our fingers and it's magically going to be different next time. But like it doesn't work that way. If we want to change our lives, we have to make a conscious, concerted effort every single day. We are going to fall off the wagon a lot, but we have to make that conscious decision to put forth another day's worth of effort and to get back on the wagon. And I think sometimes we forget that like conscious effort is the key to change, right? So the last tool that I'll share is to just really intentionally continue building a practice in self-compassion and self-care. When we are trying to make a shift in how we view a deeply embedded narrative, it's going to be hard. And we have to know that it's going to be hard. If what we've told ourselves for years is that the accomplishments shouldn't matter, then when we start to shift to, they do matter. I should be proud of myself. I should talk about my accomplishments. We're going to be met with resistance because it goes against a deeply seated subconscious belief. We can shift that narrative. We can recreate that belief, but it will take time and we have to practice self-compassion throughout the process. One way that I do that is through keeping a self-care list. So when I'm working through the deep work, sometimes I come up against something that is just really draining. I come up with resistance that's like really taking it out of me. And when that happens, I go back to my self-care list and I ask myself, what would feel really supportive right now? And then I schedule in time for that. If you don't have a self-care list, truthfully, it's like the easiest thing in the world to knock out, set aside another like 10, 15, 20 minutes to create one for yourself this week. And just know that you always have that space in your phone to fall back on. So before we wrap up, I do want to touch on one final piece of this puzzle, because I think that this is something that's going to resonate with a lot of you. And that is that a lot of us struggle with this idea of navigating our relationships when celebrating our own accomplishments, right? I think one of the easiest things we can do is take our inner circle along the journey with us. Just because it's easy doesn't and simple doesn't mean that like it's easy and simple to do, right? Like everything comes with nuance. So if your inner circle isn't into celebrating your success, then truthfully, truth bomb, you need a new inner circle. Our people will want to celebrate us and should be excited when we communicate our accomplishments with them. They are the people that will celebrate with us. And if you haven't found those people yet, know that they are out there and you will find them in time. The next challenge I pose is to just explore ways to support others in celebrating their accomplishments without minimizing your own. You know, for me, this means like being the first to jump in and congratulate someone, even when every bone in my body is sulking in shame. It's that conscious effort to be the person and show up as the person I want in my corner when I'm celebrating. Like, here's another example. Like, with my team at my corporate job, we celebrate every little accomplishment and big accomplishment the same way. And we practice saying thank you and consciously choosing to accept a compliment by saying just thank you. That's the end of the sentence. Um, even when it was nothing, like if someone shares an accomplishment, we normalize that more than one of us can find success and that it's not one upping for a second person to also share an accomplishment, big or small, or, you know, following someone else. So what might this practice or a similar one look like to you? And one final thought on all of this, you will need to set boundaries and manage expectations in order to maintain healthy relationships. And and that goes for so many facets of life, right? But when we're learning to confidently celebrate our accomplishment, 
our inner circles may challenge us. They may resist. They may say we've changed. This is part of growing. Who really wants to look back at life and say that they haven't changed at all in 10 years? As you step into that more confident and aligned self, you will likely have to set new boundaries. You will need to manage expectations and relationships in new ways. There is so much nuance to growing. So if you find yourself feeling that resistance, if you find yourself being challenged by people you care about, know that this is part of the process. That doesn't mean it feels good, but only you get to decide what feels right for you. Your power is yours and yours alone. There is so much power and alignment in a space where we are able to embrace our accomplishments and celebrate ourselves without guilt or shame. But this is a process and a journey, and it will look and feel different and unique to each of us. If today's conversation resonated with you, I truly hope that you will take a few moments to share with a friend or tag me over on your stories on Instagram and know that it's okay to celebrate your accomplishments. In fact, celebrating them really like it ups your vibe, it ups your energy, it draws in people that want to spend more time around you. And yeah, it's really like it can lift you up and change you in ways that you just never thought possible. On that note, friends, I hope you have a wonderful week and I will talk to you all again real soon. Thank you so much for coming to hang today. I know you have a lot of choices when it comes to what podcasts you listen to, and I'm so grateful that you chose to spend part of your day with me. If today's conversation helped you in any way, I would love for you to leave a rating and a review over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts from. And if you believe the podcast conversation could help someone else in your life, I would love for you to share it with them. The simple act of sharing these episodes with people you love really, truly means the world to me. Until next time, friends. I'm Allison, and this has been But What If You Did.